0: Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. In 2019, I wrote down, and I read this yesterday, so that's why it's just so... I wrote down, thank you that you've already opened the door. And then I wrote, where is it? <laughs> God, I thank you that you've opened it, but now show me where. Anyone got a prayer like that? <laughs> Just keep in mind, until Lorraine's word... Um, And then the last six weeks has just been, or two months, maybe even three, four months, God has been speaking about obedience to us. Such strong word on obedience. And yesterday, as I read that again, he, He reminded me that obedience is the door that you've been looking for. That obedience is the door you've been looking for. I've opened the door, but you need to walk through it, says God you've got to walk through that door of obedience. So my door is in front of you, but you need to step through it. You need to walk into it. And um, so talking about seasons, I felt God say that He wants to kick off resolutions for 2023 today. Um, So literally we... You know, you know. I know you guys, you know, 35th of December, you're like, so what's different about tomorrow <laughs> and next year? And, and then there's these things that we want to do for a year. And God said, I'm going to build resolutions into you that are not going to go away. And, and it's not going to be, you're not going to pick up new things every year, but you're going to see increase year on year. Because of your resolutions that are in place, so what I'm talking about today is a is, is is a whole is a way of building something that is forever, that is eternal, that is sustainable, that God wants to give us. So turn to the person next to you, say, "2023 starts now." <laughs> okay. Yeah, the reason it starts now is because we, you're going to build building blocks into your life that become God's good habits for your life. And so then it doesn't matter what year you're in, you're living according to his principles and his values. But he's got a specific, there's specific things he wants to tackle in this season in terms of obedience, that we can press into obedience next year, that obedience becomes second nature, that obedience isn't just a oh, shucks, now I'm in trouble, I better listen. It's a, wow, I can see the fruit of living in obedience. Anyone with me on that? So I went to my resolutions for 2017, because that's when this little bookie starts. When I realized God's still working on exactly the same things in my life. Or rather, let me say it's taken me four years (laughs) to implement some of them. Hello? So, God very clearly at the beginning of the year said He's not going to pour out more revelation unless you've applied the revelation that's already been poured out. We can't keep asking for more revelation if we haven't actually applied the revelation we've already received. That's exciting for some. It's not exciting for others. (laughs) Because we have to really apply the word that God gives us. God gives us His word. And He says, My word doesn't go out and it is not void and it does not have effect. And the first place it has effect is in the hearts of people, in our hearts. So if He's saying our word goes out and it does not have an effect, He's saying it will have an effect on us. And there will be a tangible change. And we can't come year after year after year after year hoping for some new word if we haven't applied what God has already spoken. We in agreement? (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, he says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the eternal life to which you were summoned and you confess the good confession of faith before many witnesses so he's saying you've got to fight this fight of faith you've got a walk of faith you've got a journey of faith you've got a door of obedience but you must do everything in your power to press into it you must do everything in your power to fight a good fight of faith I want to say today it is okay to be in a battle anyone enjoy a battle? <laughs> Okay, anyone enjoy a good battle? Okay, you cannot live a life of faith unless you're fighting for something, unless you're in a battle for something, and we spend so much of our Christian lives hoping that we don't live in a battle, but that's not God. God created for us for He said, "Go and take dominion." You can't take dominion unless you're fighting a fight of faith, unless you're in a battle of some sort. Of some sort. So our life of faith is not that we don't have battle. Our life of faith is that we're victorious in battle. And there's a very big difference. Our prayers are no longer, God, take all the hardship away. It's, God, show me how to have victory. Because God's Word says, we will not just be victorious. He says, we will be more than conquerors. So there is, you cannot be more than conquerors unless you're actually in battle. So this week I'm spending time chatting to Bernadine and we're talking and I'm just being honest and and I'm I'm saying, love, I just feel irritated for no reason. Bernadine's like, we noticed. (laughs) Why? Because my classic way of dealing with irritation is family meeting. Family meeting, family meeting. In the kitchen now. Okay. The dining room is dirty. The laundry is dirty. The bedrooms. Let's go. Three, two, one, action. Bark, 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 There is Here is Daniel dealing with irritation. Anyone else in the room? Just bear. <laughs> Thanks, I see that hand there in the back. Just... <laughs> I just don't want to feel alone, all right. (laughs) But Bernadine brought me this feelings wheel. (laughs) Anyone seen a feelings wheel? Okay, it's this beautiful color wheel. And if you don't know how to express your emotions, then it helps you express your emotions. And under irritated is anger. And the irritation is, and I'm like, I'm not really angry. Like, like, I'm not really an angry person. If you know me well, I'm like the last guy on the planet. If, if, if Spur gives me a steak and I ask for medium rare and they give it rock solid, I'm going to feel too bad to send it back. Okay. If we're driving in the car and someone cuts in, and let me emphasize, if I'm driving and someone cuts in, someone else is pressing the hooter. It's not me. Okay. So, so, so I, I don't have an anger problem. I'm not fierce in battle. I'm in 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 um, command and control in the tent at the back, strategy tent. Okay, that that's where I am. I, I'm not, you know. So I'm like God. What am I angry with? This feelings will help me have a conversation <laughs> with God. I'm like God. What am I? Who am I angry with? Who? Who? What? When? Show me because obviously. I'm angry, it's the angry quadrant, it's, but who am I angry with? We've just come back from holiday, yo. God says you're angry with yourself. You're you're angry with yourself. You you beat yourself up the whole time. You're constantly, your first go-to is anger with yourself. And so you harbor anger, and it comes out as irritation, frustration. And I'm like, speak, Lord. (laughs) I'm listening. The problem with these sermons is now I can't call a family meeting anymore. (laughs) The Word has to change us. The Word has to change us. (laughs) <laughs> Love, you're not allowed to use this against me. <laughs> okay. It's not battle that's a problem, it's how and why we go into battle that's the problem. We, we've got to have a good reason to go into battle, and we've got to have a way of going into battle. Because we have to fight for things. We're not just sitting ducks, you know, squeegee plastic toys. We, we, we're 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 made for something. We've got to go into battle. But how and why we go into battle is is what's most important. And that's what I realized. I I can't be at war with myself, and I can't be at war with other people. I've got to be at war with the right things for the right reasons. God has created us and given us the ability to conquer, but He's done that so that we're doing it in the right way for the right reasons. The why is so important. And and in Daniel 7, He's got this vision and He sees in the night visions one like the Son of Man coming to the Ancient of Days and Jesus is presented before God. And it was given, there was given to Jesus dominion and glory and kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages would serve Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which won't pass away. This is Daniel seven, thirteen, and 14. And then in verse 26, it says, But the judgment shall be set, and they shall take away His dominion. He's talking about the last of the four rulers. His dominion shall be taken away to destroy it suddenly in the end. So there were four kingdoms, and the last of those kingdoms was the kingdom of Rome, which has been destroyed already. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heavens shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And all the dominions shall serve and obey Him. And then Daniel says, and that is the end of the matter. Like, that's it. So we had these kingdoms, which was Persia and Babylon and Greece and Rome, historically, chronologically speaking, and at the end of the Roman Empire, it says all dominion will be given to his saints, which is us. Jesus in Mark fourteen, when he's being interrogated by the high priests just before being crucified, they 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 interrogate him, and Jesus quotes this very verse The Son of Man is presented before the ancient of days. So Jesus is saying, Now is the time for the dominion of the saints. And I have come at this specific time, and I am presented before God. Jesus says in verse 62 of Mark 14, And you will all see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming in the clouds um, of heaven. And Jesus is speaking specifically about the rain that is transferred out of specific kingdoms and a reign and dominion that is given through Jesus to us as saints. Turn to the person next to you say, I am a saint. <laughs> okay, some have got very convincing faces, some are like... <laughs> So historically, God had given authority to certain nations, but now the account has been transferred into the hands of us as saints, and there is no longer a nation that will represent God, because all people will now represent God. There is no longer a nation or a government that is given specific power and dominion. Power and dominion is given to us as saints, okay? The point, the, the problem, or the, the, the big value here is, is that you cannot have dominion of the world unless you have dominion of what is on the inside. So there are four, if I take a parallel out of Daniel, I realize there's... Four beasts we need to conquer, four spiritual kingdoms we need to conquer. Because on the wheel of feelings, (laughs) there's one quadrant of joy and the rest is all negative. The others are anger, fear, sadness, and disgust. Well, the one I found online, there's others. But the one that I was looking at had four quadrants of negativity and one quadrant of joy. Now we know the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is everything. It's in His joy that we actually can go forward. We spoke last week on praise. And how many of you had a week of praise? Funny, huh? I preached on praise and I had a week of irritation. Not all week. I had good, good, good times. But there were moments where I kept saying, but God, You said we need to praise. So now I'm trying to praise. You can't praise. You have to praise. You praise away the enemy, right? So the enemy is internal. Your quadrant of joy should be bigger than all the other quadrants. Okay, so... The first quadrant is anger. How do you know you're angry? Well, if you're irritated, if you're defensive, if you're aggressive, if you're tense. The second enemy is fear. How do you know you have fear? Well, if you have feelings of insignificance, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel anxious. How do you know you have feelings of sadness? Well, if you have feelings of depression, burnt out, you're feeling lonely. Disgust is another one I relate to. Disgust is good. Like if someone puts a meal in front and you see worms coming out. If you eat it, you will die. Okay, so disgust saves your life, right? (laughs) But I have another kind of disgust which I didn't realize. Is, I feel embarrassed easily. I feel judgmental. I often feel ashamed. It's like I can't watch a musical. Anyone like musical movies? <laughs> Anyone? They put them up. I can't. I'm like, "Why are all these people singing the same song randomly in the street? That makes me feel awkward. <laughs> like, I, I'm not getting through this, okay? <laughs> and all these guys who are, you know, you know, beating swords and stuff are suddenly doing dance moves. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> but I realize the problem's not the musical, it's me. Okay, and we're going to delve into this week by week, but today I'm going to talk just a little bit, just a little bit about anger. And we're going to, we're going to dance again after the service, let the weight off, because okay? anger is a weight, anger weighs us down, and anger is always pointed at us. Anger is our own, we own it, and it's, a, it's an enemy that, that we need to defeat. There are four kingdoms, that or four kings. So if these are four beasts, there are four kings. The first king is honor and love. The second king is to earn and invest. The third king is comfort and guide. The fourth king is to encourage and know There's a lot of words. But today we're going to focus on honor and love. Honor and love defeats anger. Honor and love defeats all forms of, of anger. You can't not be angry, but you can have honor and love. Does that make sense? So I've been trying because I read in my Bible, I read, be slow to anger. And I can't defeat anger unless I'm living with something else, with another greater power. So if there were four kingdoms that we're physically represented by physical kingdoms, if, if, the, if that dominion has now been transferred to us as saints, we've got to defeat those four beasts in our lives. And we've got to make that our resolution. I will be resolute in defeating the enemy. And God comes to help us and do that. So we can at any time pray and say, God, will you come and help us defeat that enemy. But God, what are you going to give me in response? What are you going to give me that replaces that which I'm trying to defeat? And God comes and gives us the strength to do that. Honor and love always represents Christ's identity. Honor and love always establishes And recognizes Christ's identity in others. Honor and love always protects an inheritance. Now, you might not, if you haven't been here in the last couple of weeks, an inheritance is something that God gives us. It's the what we have in hand that God gives us, and God always gives us something so that we can use it in obedience and see fulfillment of promise through that. Remember that what we were sharing. Okay. So honor and love always protects the inheritance that God gives. And our eyes have to be adjusted to what has God given us. So this is my inheritance. And the first thing I can recognize with my inheritance is that no one can take my inheritance away. No one. No one can take What God has given me away. If God has given it, he's not going to let someone else take it. Now, just spending time in counseling with, with couples and people, I realize this is very hard to comprehend. Because we place or we think that what God has given us is physical. He gave me cash. He gave me money. He gave me a house. He gave me cars. But we don't realize that what God gives us as an inheritance is our nature, our personality, our strengths, our abilities, maybe people around us, opportunities, vision, and promise. So if God has given you vision, if He's given you promise, if He's given you an ability, then no one can take that away. That's why Jesus says, don't be afraid of Him who can harm the body. Who can take what is physical. But rather be afraid of he that destroys the soul. Does that make sense? Because once your soul is destroyed, you lose your inheritance. Okay, But if you are in Christ, your soul cannot be destroyed and you don't lose your inheritance. So we went, I'm just going back because I'm bringing everyone. We want to be in the same place next year. Job had everything taken away from him, Right. And you go to the end of Job, the book of Job, you go, oh, but God gave him back so much more. No, God didn't just give him back so much more. What Job never lost was his inheritance. He never lost his ability to obey God with that which he had been given. No one can take that away. There are countless stories of so many people losing everything and still being able to make a great success afterwards. Why? Because they never lost what God gave them. God gives us first in the spiritual, in the kingdom. And what He gives to us in the physical, He gives so that it complements what He's given us in the spiritual, and we get to take a step of obedience. Okay, are we with with me? Okay, so part of honor and love is to recognize that God loves me, God has created me, and God has given me a certain identity, He's given me certain talents, He's given me certain abilities. And I need to recognize what God has given me. And so often we're angry with ourselves not recognizing what God has given us. We beat ourselves up not realizing who God created us to be. doesn't matter how old or young you are. Come on, Moses was 80 years old. 80 years old. God came and said, I need you to go to Egypt. I need you to go speak to Pharaoh. And Moses was thinking about all of the reasons why he shouldn't go. So, God has given us an identity. He's given us a purpose. And we need to honor that identity and honor who God has created. But we also need to love who God has created us to be. Okay, so just say with me, I am going to honor and love who God has created me to be. Okay, don't lose sight of that. Don't lose, um, don't lose that perspective. Okay, and that's really the, the, why, the why, the why we go into battle is because we want to honor and love who God created us to be. And we want to honor and love who God has created our families to be. And we want to honor and love who God has created this church community to be. That's the, that's the why we go into battle. So if I'm in drawn into battle, the first thing I need to ask myself is, am I willing to fight so that I can honor and love who God has created me And my family and this church and our community to be. Does that make sense? I'm not going into battle for any other reason. I'm not going into battle out of fear. I'm not going into battle that's not mine. I'm going into battle because of honor and love. Is that good? I said in the holidays, and this is the thing, I realized at the end of this week. We went on holiday and I am enjoying my quiet times in the morning. God is speaking clearly. Every morning I'm writing, I have new revelation. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And we come back into normal life, and what happens? Much less revelation. It comes slowly. Because I'm thinking the whole time because I'm, I sit down at quiet time and my head is going on all the things I need to be and God's saying okay now you're in battle now, now you now you there's no you know I can, I can speak but you're not going to have the same revelation you see it's it's when you get into a quiet space when you step out of battle that God speaks and fills your soul but you need to realize that when you're in battle you need to to go back and fetch what God has spoken Okay, you need to go back and activate what God has spoken. So over the holidays, I said, God, next year, I want to, not just next year, when I get back, I want to be filled with honor and love. I want to demonstrate honor and love in my family. I want to demonstrate honor and love in in this church. I want to demonstrate honor and love wherever I go so that I'm responding out of God's honor and I'm responding out of His love. And I made that my prayer. Proverbs 14:29 says, He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is hasty of spirit exposes and exalts his folly. Okay, so one of the first ways you battle the, the enemy or the beast of anger is to be slow by having understanding. Do everything in your power... To understand who you were created to be. Do everything in your power to understand who God has created you to be. Be slow to anger. Proverbs 15, 18 says, A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger appeases contention. Remember, God promised us in the year that He will drive contention out of our land. Okay. Proverbs 16.32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his own spirit better than he who takes a city. So the mighty man is the person who can control his anger. The mighty man is not the person who takes a city. It's not, does that make sense? Okay, so, gents, men, you want to be mighty in the house, control your spirit. You want to be mighty in the workplace. Don't come in with strife. It's not, you know, if, you, if you're the warrior taking the city, the person who is controlling his anger, who is slow to anger, is better. What is honor and love in obedience? Jesus said, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power. And then Jesus also said, we've been called up into high places with Him. So to have honor is to see us seated in the same high places that Jesus is seated in, in the same position. God God poured out His honor on Jesus because of His obedience by placing Him next to Him at His right hand. I want you to, in a moment of anger, when you feel anger is coming, say, God, where am I seated? Where am I seated? And visualize where you are seated. Are you affected by someone's actions around you? Are you seated under their actions? Or are you seated in heavenly places? It's one of the most powerful pictures you can have. And in a moment you can picture yourself seated in a heavenly place and respond with the right response and not react to what has come your way. We've got to learn to never react and always respond out of the high place of God's throne room. Say that with me. I'm never going to react, but I will respond out of a heavenly place. Okay, you've just made a promise in front of God's people. (laughs) in church that you're never just going to mindlessly react to what comes your way but you're going to respond out of God's heavenly places out of his wisdom you are seated in a throne room you don't have to lose your toys you don't have to throw a tantrum you don't have to scream and shout you have the authority you have dominion over your life. So see it. Picture it. Take it. Okay. Everyone still with me? I know I know we're over 10.30. We're going to end. We're going to land in. I'm landing. It's a 40-minute landing. You ready? <laughs> I can see the runway. Okay. Okay. These are four resolutions I wrote down in 2017. God saying, yep, they for 2023 too. <laughs> Number one, I will receive forgiveness. And I will give forgiveness. Say that with me. I will receive God's forgiveness for my life. And I will give loads of it. <laughs> I will forgive easily. See, not receiving forgiveness will keep you in sin. If we don't receive forgiveness, it keeps us missing the mark. It keeps us in a cycle of anger. So, receive God's forgiveness. It's, it's just, I had to sit this week and go, God... I receive your forgiveness over my life. Because if I don't, I'm going to stay angry with myself. And I'm going to be angry with everyone else, even when they don't deserve it. So, Father, I receive your forgiveness. I just took a moment and I just, I received. I literally sat and I just breathed in God's forgiveness over my life. I want to encourage you, every time you feel anger coming up, First say, God, I want, to, I want to receive your forgiveness over my life. Jesus didn't die for no reason. He died on the cross so that we can be forgiven. But we have to receive it. We have to say, God, I, I receive it. I take it. So receive. Number one, I'm going to receive forgiveness. This is my, this is, this is what, what did I say? My, my resolution. Number two, I'm going to take responsibility for my own actions. I'm never going to, I'm going to respond and never react. Important thing here, when, when we are taking responsibility, when we're making changes in our lives, when we're, when we're taking on new things is that there are always pull factors and never push factors. Does that make sense? Let's say someone comes to this church from another church. I always ask, are there pull factors or push factors? Let's say you're changing jobs. You're seeking a a new place of work. Are there pull factors or are there push factors? Does that make sense? Rather be pulled somewhere than pushed out. Don't focus on the push factors. Don't focus on the pain and the things that, that, that have pushed you into a corner. Those, those, those aren't good reasons to make a change, unless, of course, it is damaging your soul. and, 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 and Does that make sense? Because so often the push factors first are our own problems that we haven't dealt with. And we first need to take responsibility of our own mistakes in every area. But if someone is really damaging your life, someone is really bringing harm, yes, there are push factors. I'm talking here about taking responsibility. If I have taken responsibility, I can be pulled up to a greater place and I'm never ever pushed out of a place. Does that make sense? Okay, I hope that makes good sense. So when I I take responsibility for my own actions... I always respond, I never react. And I always recognize the hurt that I've caused others. So I want to encourage you. It's one of the biggest tools in LAM is the reconciliation tool, is the ability to take ownership of our mistakes. So some people live in anger over their, They have anger over themselves because they've never stopped and gone, I recognize the hurt that I've caused someone else. I recognize the damage that I've done to another party, to another place. And I want to take ownership of that, and I'm not going to run away from that. But I'm going to stand up and say, help me step into a process of trust. Help me step into a process of reconciliation. I take ownership of the hurt that I've done, and I ask for forgiveness in that area. Is that good? So I want to encourage you to take responsibility. Never, ever run away. I just saw in my, in, my, in my resolutions for 2017, deal with things immediately. Don't let them simmer. Don't let them hang. Because what happens if we allow something to simmer, we develop offense. We develop anger. In the end, the poor person who's done something is, is so, you know... It, Demonized in our hearts and in our minds when when actually all that needed was a small conversation. Deal with it straight away. Okay, number three. This is a good one. Say it with me. I will have self-control. Oh, that wasn't loud enough. I will have self control and not other control. <laughs> you with me? Okay, I know this afternoon Liverpool is playing Arsenal and Liverpool's going to win, and then we're going to celebrate. <laughs> but this is a good celebration point. I will have self-control and not other control. Okay, think about your marriage, think about your children, think about your workplace. How? How much energy do you spend thinking about how you can just control someone else if at all Are you going if only I could just get them to do this if only I could just get them to be that if only this happened if I, and actually God's saying self control you have the power you have the authority it's about self control not other control and when we develop self-control, what comes with it is trust. Okay, so the only way you can trust, there's a big secret, can I, can I tell you? There's, there's a big secret to trusting someone else with their life, that they have self-control. Can I tell you what the big secret is? It's to trust. Okay. What's his name? Craig Richel. He says in his podcast, I want, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a big secret to trusting. I need you to pull over your car if you're driving right now. Take out a pen. Take out your notebook. Write this down. Okay. Trust. (laughs) See, we have self-control over whose lives? Our lives. lives. And what what comes with it is trust. And we have relationships of trust that other people have self-control over their lives and their activities so don't be tempted to think if i can just get that person to do something different then my life's going to feel better no it it's called self-control okay number four say no to other people's control say no to pressure or demands you don't and Justin taught me this this year He said, you don't have to buy favor. That's a big one. For me, that's a big one. So often we say yes to other people's demands, to other people's pressures, to other people's expectations, because we're trying to buy the favor that God has already given us. We're trying to buy what isn't ours to buy. We're trying to buy what was given to us as a free gift. You don't have to act or perform or be manipulated or be forced to do anything. Why? Because God has already given you favor. Because you have self-control. And because you're in a relationship of trust. Does that make sense? Okay, so I'm speaking to both sides of the quadrant here. A, don't control. B, don't be controlled. Is that good? All righty. Dance like the weight is lifted. Freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Can I just see if, if you like me, have been battling anger? Can I ask you to stand? Yeah, look around the room. These are all the angry people. <laughs> don't mess with them. <laughs> if you're sitting, find another place to sit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> These are the people you don't want to mess with. <laughs> all right. I want the angry people to put out their hands. <laughs> Father, I come as an angry person, someone who has battled with anger. And I ask, the Lord, that you will soften my heart, that you will soften the outer edges, the outer surface of my heart. Lord, and you would allow forgiveness to penetrate deep into my heart, into our hearts. Just pray with me. Father, I ask, Lord, that you will really come pour out a new sense of freedom over our lives. Lord, that you would show us the favor that has been poured out in our lives, the favor that you have already given us. Would you come and show us that we don't have to strive for your goodness, we don't have to strive for your favor, we don't have to strive for our place or our position on this earth or in our society, Father, most of all, we have an incredible inheritance that has already been given to us. And I ask, Father, that you will teach us to battle in the right places, to choose our battles according to your desire for our lives, and to choose our battles according to what you've placed before us. Lord, that we would be people who honor and love, and who press forward in battle Who demonstrate honor and love. Father, as we demonstrate your identity and we demonstrate your vision and purpose for our families, our communities, Lord, that you would come and just bless us where we are. Father, and I ask that you would help us to forgive those around us, but also that we won't make enemies of people we love. We won't make enemies of our own families and of our own children, of our parents of our friends, of our communities. But, God, that you would teach us not to put up a defensive wall, not to bring out the weapons when actually we should reach out a hand. And, Father, I ask that you will do something supernatural over every person standing today, that you would come and wrap our hearts in your love, wrap our hearts in just your great sense of presence and goodness. Father, I thank you for every person standing today. That today is a step in the right direction. Today is a step into a life of peace, a life of hope, and a life of faith. Father, your word said we must fight the good fight of faith. But Father, I ask that you place in every person's hand a fight that is worthy of fighting. A battle that is worthy of fighting. That you would raise up warriors who are worthy of the cause that you've called them to. And Father, today as we go into a battle that is worthy of the cause, I ask that you teach us to dance as the weight is lifted, to teach us to dance in freedom. So I bless every person, I bless every angry person with freedom in Jesus' name. Lord, I receive your freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I declare we are set free in Jesus name Amen Amen okay now if you were a sitting person I want you to find an angry person (laughs) I want you to just give them a hug of honor and love and just bless them with your love with God's presence come on let's just do a prophetic act God wants to love you He wants to pour out His love and kindness over you in Jesus name alright angry people receive it receive God's love Receive God's grace. Doesn't matter what's happened in the past. Doesn't matter what's taken place. You are set free through His love. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.